G'day everyone, Susie here, pronouns she, her, coming to you from beautiful Manang country. On the south coast of Western Australia, I'd like to start as always by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording today and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. So I am your host for another episode of It's a Wildlife. I've got Kaji the dog here as well. And we're bringing you a really important episode in my opinion. Today we're talking about opening up the playing field. We're talking about equality in a different kind of way. And we're talking about ways that we can make scientific publications and research more accessible so as an academic but mostly as a pleb like myself someone who's not got a university subscription to all of the journals and who has to find other ways to access information so this episode today is based on a blog that we put out a while ago called sneaking behind the paywall yeah so as I was saying, a massive barrier to equal access in ecology, and more generally all of the scientists, is the placement of paywalls on the scientific literature to charge readers an access fee. And for anyone who hasn't heard the term before, a paywall is basically a financial barrier to accessing a digital product like a research paper, which can force individuals or institutions to pay hefty fees, in this case, to read scientific knowledge. Although there are lots of different ways to do this, today I'm gonna to be sharing with you just one of the methods that is pretty reliable and worked for me repeatedly on how I can actually access publications for free, so without being charged for that paywall. And in that sense, it really opens up access. And just so you know, these fees don't usually go to the authors, the reviewers, or even the wildlife research project, which is shared within the publication. This is one of the reasons why I'm so against paywalls. Rather, the fee goes straight to the publisher's pocket to cover the expenses of running the journal. And usually when you have a look at some of these fees, that involves plenty to spare. Frustratingly for authors to publish in open access journals, those whose publications are free to download often can cost the author a hefty sum. And that's a pretty crazy thing if you think about it, so that the publisher can get their money regardless. Not only is funding tight for getting research projects off the ground in the first place, but charging authors to make the findings accessible seems like a total slap in the face. And at the end of the day, paywalls for scientific literature as they stand currently provide a large and totally avoidable financial barrier to people accessing current information, research findings and exciting results in wildlife conservation and research. So without taking on the entire system, which I agree, it's a massive job, it totally needs to be done, but as individuals here today, what can we do about this? It'd be nice to think that changes were afoot to level the playing field and promote equality in access and dispersal of scientific knowledge. However, I don't think it is, but to be honest, I don't know if it is. And ultimately, until that happens, today we're talking about ways that we, 
as individuals can sneak behind the paywall and access scientific publications for free when you're not affiliated with an institution, as I am not. So we're going to be doing that in three simple steps. Step one being Google Scholar. Step two being ResearchGate. And step three, contacting the corresponding author. So let's jump into it. Hello and welcome to It's a Wildlife podcast and blog sharing the great work being done for wildlife conservation worldwide and solving problems for ecologists by ecologists. If you're a fellow wildlifer, whether you're just starting out or you've been about the traps for a while, tune in and let's chat. You're in the right place. Alrighty, so today's episode is going to be a shorty but a goodie. I'm going to jump straight in there. I'm going to let you know that all of the programs and the organizations that we talk about in today's episode will be linked down in the show notes below. So if you want to try out this methodology for yourself, that is your first step. Head down there and we'll also link the post which outlines all of this information in the, in the show notes below. So you've got a good guide there on how to do this for yourself. Now, step one is Google Scholar. When you're looking for scientific publications on a particular research topic, you don't need your university search engine. One of the best places to start is Google Scholar. That's scholar.google.com. And that's where you can type in keywords and find relevant research papers totally up to date on any topic that you're after. When you find publications that might be relevant to your search, you can then click onto them and read the abstract to make sure it's something you're actually interested in reading so that you're not wasting your time trying to get copies of papers that don't actually answer the question you're trying to find or aren't exactly what you're looking for. Now, I should note that at this point, if the publication happens to be open access, you should be able to download a copy for free. And if this is the case, then success. Total win, there's no need to listen any further because you have achieved your goal of finding scientific research for free. However, <laughs> and this is where the next step comes in, step two, if you cannot access the paper directly because it is not open access, then, you need to jump straight into step two. Now, if you find the publication you're interested in reading is inaccessible without selecting a payment option, then note the author and the title and head over to ResearchGate, step two. That's researchgate.net. And here, I like to copy the name of the paper, the year and the primary author or a combination of those. You don't have to have all three of them, but if it's a more challenging paper to find, you might want all three. Copy and paste those from the previous site into the search bar at the top of ResearchGate and see what comes up. Now, usually the publication in question that you're after will be one of the top hits. And if not, you can search directly for the primary authors themselves and look through their work. Often the authors have a copy of their paper 
without the beautiful journal formatting uploaded onto ResearchGate. And so if you find the paper there, there's often a link to read the full text, which will allow you to download a copy for yourself for free. Now, if they don't have the option to click immediately on read the full text, there's often a button that suggests you request the full text. And that sends a message directly to the authors, letting them know that you're interested in their work and you'd love to read a copy. Now, of course, if neither of those buttons are there, you don't need to give up at this point. Here, you can send a direct message to the authors using the ResearchGate platform and request a copy of their manuscript there. So that's pretty much as far as you can get with ResearchGate. By this point, hopefully, ideally, you've been able to download a copy already, but say that is still not working for you. So you've got there, you can't request a full copy of the text, you send them a message and it's just not working. Perhaps they're not that into using ResearchGate. I know I'm pretty slack at checking my messages there. So I forgive them. I expect the same forgiveness. We digress. Now, in this case, I'm going to take us on to step three. And in this case, if the author of the paper is nowhere to be found on ResearchGate, or maybe you've sent them a message and you've heard nothing back, that's okay. At this point, we can head back to Google Scholar or wherever the link to the publication redirected you in the first place. And here you'll find the contact details for the corresponding author of the paper. And this is usually an email address. Now you can use this email address to reach out to the author for all different kinds of reasons. You can ask questions, you can ask for more information, you can request supplementary material, or you can request a copy of their publication in the first place. So this is totally fine. Authors are totally allowed to share their work amongst anyone who asks for it directly. And although it's easy to get imposter syndrome at this point and think, oh my gosh, they must be so busy, such important scientists. Why would they want to hear from me being stingy and begging for a copy of their paper? Quite the opposite. Authors are probably more excited than anyone to hear that you are reading or interested in reading a copy of their research, their work. And as a result, they're very likely to send through a copy of that paper and maybe others that are relevant as well. This could even spark a conversation that builds your relationship with this researcher and expands your network or even opportunities that may be presented to you down the track. If you're telling somebody that you wanna read their work, they're probably gonna remember your name. Now, although this isn't the most simple route, and I totally agree that it can take a little bit more time, it can take a little bit more energy and it can be a little bit challenging if you're in a rush or you've left that assignment to the last minute. But although it's not always the simplest route, sidestepping the paywall is a super important pathway for any wildlife science and conservation enthusiasts or researchers on a budget. 
without an academic affiliation, which is pretty much most of us non-students. <laughs> so that's all I've got for you today. Quick episode, but hopefully a super helpful one. And as always, I encourage everybody to get on board, subscribe to our updates. We send out a weekly newsletter at the moment all about what's going on on our end and how we can make the platform even better and even more helpful to serve your needs, what you guys want from it. So, of course, if there are topics that you'd like to see discussed, please reach out. You can DM us on Instagram at itisawildlife or reach out to us on email, hello at itisawildlife.com. Both of those are linked down in the show notes. If you've got a question that you don't necessarily know what to do with, this is the place. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a topic that we discuss on the platform. I'd love to hear your questions. I'd love to help connect you, if I can't answer them, with someone who can. And I would love to hear how you're finding these episodes. So any feedback, any comments, any questions, please leave a review or let us know what you think. And of course, as always, if you have a story to share on this platform or know of someone who is doing incredible work in the wildlife space, please put them in touch or put yourself in touch with us as well because we would love to feature the amazing work that you're doing and the journey that you're experiencing here for wildlife, and for conservation and for making the planet pretty much a better place. That's a big part of the why so many of us are here. So I hear you. I see you. Have a beautiful week. And until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to It's a Wild Life. Thank you for joining us for another episode of It's a Wild Life. If you've been inspired by our discussion or have something to share, please get in touch, leave us a review or share the love with your network. We'll chat soon.